Welcome to Healthy Churches ABNWT, a resource created by and for PAOC Alberta and Northwest Territories pastors and ministry leaders. The focus is on leadership development and congregational health. The goal is to help you reach more people. Visit abnwt.com for more information. Welcome to the ABNWT podcast. My name is Jeremiah Rabel, and we're talking with ABNWT leaders about ways to see vitalization in our region. We have a few other episodes, so subscribe on iTunes. The big thing is to share these with your team. You know, get the conversation going. All of this is meant to help you reach more people. Today, I have Joey Pilgrim with me. Joey is the Young Adults and Experienced Pastor at North Point Community Church in Edmonton, and he also is the founder and director of Church Omni, a company designed to help churches communicate in this digital world. So welcome, Joey. Hey, thanks for having me. So I wanted to talk about that world today, branding, websites, social media. So let's just start with branding. Just give us an idea. What is branding when we talk about branding for churches? For sure. And I think that's a really important question for us to ask is what is a brand? And so let me ask you right now, just off the top of your head, what is a brand? A recognizable title, something that an image uh, concept. I don't know. Actually, it's hard right. for me to... <laughs> yeah, it, it can be hard to articulate sometimes. And I think especially for churches. And so I think we need to start uh, with what a brand is. And uh, kind of the common definition of a brand is how someone perceives your organization or someone's gut feeling about your organization. Okay, wow. And so a lot of the times we think it, we think it starts with different things. Um, we think it starts with design or a color palette or a nice logo. Uh, but we need to know that a brand actually doesn't start with those things. It doesn't start with design or with marketing. Um, everyone has a personal brand. You know, you have a brand as Jeremiah. Right. I kind of have my own brand as Joey. It's who I am. And so does every company. Right. And so it goes far beyond the design, kind of the first impressions realm, and actually goes into the roots of who people are and how, you know, that's kind of versed in what they do. So it's kind of like reputation, do you think? Or is it more than that, less than that? I would say a little more than that. Okay. But reputation may be kind of a synonym for brand, yeah. Yeah, how people perceive you. Right, yeah. So if organizationally, I don't know, what could what could be some brands out there from churches? What could be some perceptions, I guess? Right, and so we see a lot of different churches kind of geared towards different demographics. And so the hope is that their brand would be something that's appealing, something that's attractive to the demographic that they're trying to reach. And so... Um, a love for community could be an aspect of a church's brand. Right. The language, the verbiage they use on a Sunday morning is a huge part of a church's brand. The first impressions online, social media, website, those all play into the brand of an organization. So what does it take to change a brand? So you're, you're a certain way and you got to reverse that. What are some of the things a church would need to think through? Right. Yeah. So um, something important that we just kind of went over is that it doesn't start with design. It doesn't start online. It uh, often doesn't even start on paper. It, uh, when you're rebranding, doing a full rebrand. So I like to differentiate between visual and non-visual okay. branding. Yeah. Branding always starts with a non-visual branding. Yeah. That comes down to who you are, what your values are, what your systems look like, what the language is, um, those kinds of things. And those flow into the different extensions of your brand, like design and web presence and those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to start with going back to basically the basics of, as, as a church. Who are, exactly. who are we? What are we here to do? What do we want people's gut feeling to be about us? That's a great question. 
And so when it comes to people that don't attend our church, I mean, are they impacted by our branding, even though they don't come here? And how do we, how do we get them to be impacted? Right. Yeah, no, I think um, it's huge for people who aren't a part of our church, and I think it impacts them in almost every way. It, it is really the face of who we are, both on the surface in design areas and things like that, but also um, an effective brand should be able to speak to the heart of an organization almost immediately and kind of speak to their values and who they are almost immediately. And so it can begin with, you know, first impressions online uh, where your visual branding has either caught someone's eye or worst case uh, was displeasing to someone and they didn't like what they saw, (laughs) or maybe it was just unnoticeable and that's not something we want our churches to be. Um, But let's just say the first impression was great for a non-believer. And the stuff they saw online was great. The media, you know, was engaging. And so a non-believer decides to check it out. I'm going to go to church maybe for the first time or the second time, whatever the case may be. And so maybe even as they don't decide to come to a Sunday morning service, maybe it's just a community event or something like that. And that's where they begin to experience the brand at a deeper level. And so it comes out in, you know, the language that's used at the event, the demeanor uh, of the volunteers, the value of excellence in the organization, the heart of the people, all these different things. And so our brand, whether visual or not, is basically just who we are. It's either attractive to people or it's not. And we need to make sure that the effort's being put into be attractive to the people we're trying to reach. How do we measure the success of that kind of stuff if we're if we're hitting the mark you know what i mean if our right. web, website says something and then when they get there it says something different right that's that would be a problem right yeah so that's, how do we measure all that throughout the whole thing right i think um people are pretty skilled in snooping out inconsistency yeah it's kind of just ingrained in who we are um and so i think being consistent across all the platforms um both in first impressions and in-house uh, no matter what the event is or, or what's happening, I think consistency there is hugely important. And when people see consistency, um, we see that they're more willing to buy in. And so I think um, as hard as success is to measure, because it's really not an easy thing to measure, um, if you're seeing a growth of buy-in, and if you're seeing people adopt the values, adopt the principles, adopt the language of the organization, then you know that your brand has been effective to a point where people say, wow, I want that to be a part of who I am. Right. Wow. So when you're working with a church to do a full Mm rebrand, what are some of the the processes that you work through? Right. Um, So with Church Omni, our focus would be visual branding. Okay. um, Because that's a need that a lot of churches need to meet, sometimes in short time frames, and sometimes um, their internal branding is already outstanding. Like their community is thriving. The language they use is open and accepting. They're reaching a lot of people. They're, you know, experiencing growth. And so it's really a privilege for me when I get to work with churches um, whose visual brand just kind of builds on the non-visual brand. Right. Right. And so um, that's really exciting to see. But we also do offer a brand class for churches who haven't really established a non-visual brand and things are just kind of all over the place on all different platforms. And so in the brand class, uh, we'd sit down with the staff, talk about values, goals for the future, um, goal setting, and then uh, laying out a clear, a clear plan, I guess, how yeah. to implement you know, this language that we want to use, the goals we want to accomplish, and those things. Wow, that's awesome. So you talk about visual brand. One of the things, obviously, is uh, web, the web presence. Yeah. And so talk about, talk about a church website in that. What's it for? 
uh, you know, what's, what's important on sure. the website for a church? Yeah. So, um, websites and social media, they can both kind of be a first impression for your church, depending on how someone finds out about you. Yeah. Um, but there are some crucial, uh, things that need to be a part of your website. First of all, it would be a balance for newcomers and guests. And so we want it to be attractive to guests and open to guests where, you know, it includes all the critical information and uh, that stuff. But we also want um, our kind of seasoned veterans of our church to be able to go on and see, you know, when their program's happening and those kinds of things. And so we want it to be uh, a kind of balance for both. And just some needs for a website is, like I said, critical information and uh, kind of a clear outline of next steps. So that could be what to expect on a Sunday morning, what events are coming up that, you know, your family might be interested in, how you can get involved or baptized or even know more about what the church believes. And then uh, just thirdly, a quick one is don't go overboard for either demographic. Don't make it too in-house focused, but also don't make it too newcomer focused because in this digital age, I think the website is becoming a hub for everyone. And, you know, we see different companies coming out with different models of church websites to kind of cater to every demographic. And so finding that balance online is crucial. What are some big uh, do's and do do nots uh, from websites that you've seen from church websites? Yeah. So not having critical information would be the worst one. Um, I've been on countless websites where you don't know where they meet, what time they meet, what happens when they meet. Um, And so I think we kind of lose focus of what the, the goal is for online. So critical information, should should that location and time be like on the front page, do you think? Yeah, it should be the second thing you see. Look, the sec, What's the first? The first, in my opinion, and this is kind of subjective, but this is just what I've found to be most effective is action steps. And here's where you kind of find the balance between uh, newcomers and veterans, where someone who's been attending your church for five years wants to go online and be able to click a button and get where they need to go on and off that simple, that quick. They can get the information they need. Um, We want to make those same kind of options available for newcomers. And then shortly after I would put in the next section, uh, the time place and what's happening. So basically contact information, like like a new here button. And then like a, yeah. And so obviously you have your menu and then you need an attractive header. And so that would obviously take up the first placeholder on the header, it's great to have some options, you know, new here, next steps, or ministries, those kinds of things. Yeah. And then shortly after, I would put the critical information. Now, on websites, too, I see a lot of uh, churches really taking the opportunity to show what it's like to be inside the church, mm-hmm. whether they're showing a video or yep. some professionally done uh, pictures. Um, and then I've seen churches that have, you know, no, it doesn't, you don't know what it looks like on the inside or even the outside. What right. would you prefer? Yeah, it depends on your um, in-house capability, I guess, what equipment you have, the personnel that you have that's able to, you know, accomplish something that has a professional appeal, those kinds of things. Um, I would suggest moving away from stock material uh, that can be pretty easily snooped out and I think can kind of deter people. Um, So stock material, stock photos, and stock videos, they can be good for serving different purposes, but I probably wouldn't use them to try and demonstrate, you know, the life of your church. And, um, yeah, so it depends on, I guess, the resources available in-house. Is it important to give people a glimpse of what it looks like inside your church? I think it is, yeah. People want to know what to expect before they come. And so I think that's a fair resource to give to someone, if possible. 
Very cool. So now when we talk about social media, mm-hmm. um, what are some of the big do's and do nots for churches on social media? As you said, that's another, that's another, you think that's another first impression. Like they could yeah. go there first before they even go to your website. Is that correct? Right. And so we kind of see that between different demographics, you know, you'll have, um, maybe Gen X and Gen Y, some millennials. The first thing they'll do is Google a church in their area, okay. you know, church North Edmonton and see what comes up. Um, but for most millennials and Gen Z, it'll be almost all social media wow. where, you know, their friend or their family member has shared something and say, Hey, that looks cool. I want to check it out. And, uh, it's mostly organic growth that way. And so social media is a huge first impression, especially with, um, the younger generation. And so I have a list of do's and don'ts and you can find some of the do's, um, at our blog, churchomni.com slash blog. Um, but I'll quickly go over the do's. Yeah, please. And uh, we'll make it brief. The number one would to be have an open front door. Have an open front door. Make your social media presence something that is easy to engage with, that someone feels welcome to interact with, and uh, those kinds of things. Secondly mm-hmm. is make a great first impression. And so that just comes down to the excellence of media. Um, again, how engaging your media is. Number three, facilitate meaningful interactions. And so um, just a few months ago, um, most people in kind of the creative or online realm know that Facebook and Instagram changed the algorithms of who sees what and what time people see things. And so kind of what it boiled down to was, um, is this going to be meaningful and life-giving to the community that you're a part of? Right. And so when you're posting things on social media, we want to make sure that it's something shareable, something that people want to like, something that people want to comment on and engage with. And we want those shares and comments and likes to be organic. We don't want them to be forced. We don't want to say, hey, like this picture or share this picture. Uh, We want to make it something that people genuinely want to be a part of. And so that's number three. Number four is uh, post what's valuable to your church, not what you think will be valuable. And so I think a lot of the time um, we have so many great resources and, and parts of our church and our church life that are so worth sharing like victories and salvations and life transformations and baptisms and those things, things that we could be, you know, we could go spend a thousand dollars on a great camera, get awesome pictures of those things, attach stories with them. And we could be sharing those things. But instead we see a lot of churches who they enjoy that. And, you know, people celebrate it in house. But then when you look online, it's like, um, you know, the pastor just posted 12 of his blog posts in one day kind of thing. Right. It's more um, organic and effective to share what's already valuable to your church. Share people's stories, share people's victories, share a success that you had at a, at a community event or something like that. And people will really grab onto that and say, hey, I want to be a part of that. I want to get on board with that. Huh. Um, so less information, more storytelling. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, the next one would be post often. That's a definite definite do on social media. Uh, I think the without spamming, the kind of comfortable amount to post would be twice a day. Twice a day, okay. Yeah. We see a lot of bigger churches, um, you know, like Elevation, those churches of 20,000 plus, they'll post, you know, seven, eight times a day, but to reach different demographics and to serve different purposes. For most churches in our Canadian context, two to three times a day um, would be a great balance. And then finally, number six, again, this kind of just... Um, sums everything up is make it shareable. Make your content on social media shareable. If it's not something that people don't want to share, then they're not going to share it. And then that really stumps our organic growth on social media. And then you see a lot of churches who buy into 
oh, we, we need to pay for ads then if this stuff is not getting shared or liked. And you'll see a lot of money just go to waste and not many uh, people reached through that. Wow. So you think that there's there's a possibility to make posts shareable and to beat those uh, algorithms that Facebook has. And Yeah. And so I wouldn't even say it's about beating the algorithm. It's more about saying, hey, this is the reality. Um, Facebook is already addressing this. You know, Mark Zuckerberg is already addressing this, that people deserve to see what's going to bring value to their life. And we as the church have the most valuable message of all time. Right. And so I think it's not beating the algorithm, but it's capitalizing on it and saying, wow, let's really engage with what God is doing in our community and make this stuff shareable. Let's talk about people's stories, people's lives, and those kinds of things. So those are the do's. Con- okay. Do you have do nots? I do have do nots. <laughs> Sorry. I, a lot of these might cross, cross over. And so I'll, I'll do it really quick. So some don'ts are spam, which is yeah. way too much posting, uh, not good qu- content. Secondly is to put out low quality content. That's not going to be visually attractive to anyone. Number three, uh, having too many hands in the pot when it comes to social media. Right. If you're a church and you've got, let's say 10 pastors, Limit it to two pastors who are able to post or hire a creative person who you're going to entrust with the responsibility to post and engage with people on social right. media. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see that inconsistency from 10 different people posting 10 different styles of you know, messages, that can get confusing. Uh, and number four, this one might um, be a surprise to some people, but don't use a cross-platform posting agent. Don't use, you know... Things like Hootsuite and Buffer or whatever else, and I'm not sponsored by them, so I can say that. <laughs> but uh, it, I was actually just watching um, a podcast with a creative person who's sponsored by Adobe, and in his meetings with Adobe, he shared uh, via the podcast that um, you know they say don't use a posting engine because it gets dinged and will be showed less and at a lower frequency. And so, post natively on social media platforms. Make your posts on Facebook. Make your post on Instagram, and uh, you'll have higher engagement that way. Number five is oversell. Don't oversell your organization or what happens on a Sunday morning, for example. Um, you know, it's pretty easy to go online and grab a stock photo of this massive worship event or, or concert and post it and say, we're having a worship night this Sunday. We hope to see you there. And people show up, and there's like 26 people. And, right. It's just really awkward. Don't yeah. oversell. And then finally, uh, don't try and be God's gift to the global church. Just serve locally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Share what's valuable to your community. Yeah. A lot of people confuse social media with um, global outreach and kind of want wanting to be, you know, a celebrity pastor or, you know, they want thousands of shares and saying, why aren't we famous? Those kinds of things. Yeah. Just make reach it, your people. Exactly. Make it about your people. How do you how do you how do you navigate the quality issue? Because I mean, a lot of us aren't graphic designers, mm-hmm. and and what's the easiest way to get a good quality post right. up there? Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways and a lot of ways that you can get feedback. And so one thing I would say first of all is to entrust someone with it, and in doing that, give them time to grow in it. Um, you know, let them study up on what a well composed photograph looks like or a well composed graphic, and let them practice and um, just get better over time. And through that, your, the quality of your media will, will grow as that person grows. Yeah. And um, secondly, investing in some decent equipment. Um, you know, anyone can take pictures with their iPhone and it looks okay. Um, but if you give someone a DSLR, even if it's just, you know, seven, 800 bucks and they're taking the same photo, it's going to come out looking better, mm-hmm. looking more professional. And so, 
yeah, just some investment is what I would say. Invest in people, invest in time, and invest in some gear that you can afford. That's awesome. So if a church has no idea even how to start right. this whole thing, websites, social media, what's the best way for them to get going? Right. Um, three things. Pretty simple. Plan a launch date. Know when you want to start. And I think that's valuable because you want to be able to make sure your brand is established beforehand and that what you're planning on posting is going to align with your brand. And so plan a launch date, produce some content that's in alignment with your brand and the message that you want to speak. And then number three, just go for it. There's no time to waste in this age. That's awesome. Because how many people are actually using social media? Like why is it important to be there? Right. Yeah. Um, so a company called Statista, have you ever heard of them? They do global stats. Okay, yeah. Um, they actually say that worldwide, the daily average for time spent on social media is 135 minutes. Wow. And that's global, not just in our context. So I can imagine that those are kind of bumped up in you know places like the UK, Canada, and America. But people are spending a crazy amount of time on social media. So all of this stuff, like when you talk about branding, talk about websites, talk about social media... Do we think of this for us, for our organization, or, are we, or is this for people that are not yet here? What, what's the whole point of, right. this, of doing this? Yeah. I think every church is different, but it definitely needs to be for both. Let's just take Starbucks and use them as an example really quick. They do everything in their power to create a culture and an atmosphere for people who go five times a day, as well as people who one morning decide to try Starbucks for the first time. So they're doing everything in their power to reach those two demographics. And so I think if we're not hitting that same balance, we're either going to lose touch with long-term attenders, our veterans that have been a part of our church forever. And if we go too far the other way, we're going to you know, not be able to reach the first impressions that we're supposed to be making with non-believers. And so I think it's a balance. Um, it can't be fully for us. It can't be fully for people outside our church. It needs to be for both. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Joey. We're going to go into the lightning round where basically we're asking every one of our guests kind of the same three questions. And so sure. first one is this, what book are you reading right now that's helping you to form uh, ministry ideas? Right. Uh, Leadership Axioms by Bill Hybels. Nice. Yeah, I open that book every morning and just give myself a little refresher on, you know, a step I can take in my leadership. And it's been huge for me. That's awesome. So... Uh, you're a tech guy. Some of the I guys am. we've had on here are not so techy. Okay. So <laughs> what piece of technology are you using right now that you're loving? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's Google Drive. As funny as that sounds. Yeah. Um, just having experience with a lot of different cloud platforms, nothing is more beneficial for a church than Google Drive. You can do domain hosting, email hosting, uh, online storage, communication, Everything is possible within Google Drive, and who knows if it might rule out, you know, like church management systems in the future or whatever. But Google Drive is uh, where my whole life is stored, and so I love wow. it there. Yeah. Very cool. So what conference or church or podcast or whatever that, that you're looking at right now that's helping you with uh, Church Omni, what you're doing there? Right, yeah. Um, so one thing that I've been um, just kind of burying myself in online is it's kind of an online educational pl- platform. Um, so they do podcasts, they do, you know, seminars and classes and things like that. Uh, but it's called the future with no E at the end. Okay. And, uh, it's not a faith based thing. Um, they talk a lot about creativity and a lot about business principles, 
Um, but I've been able to take so much from um, kind of the, the CEO of that company. His name is Chris Doe. He's been a professional designer for years, you know, did the branding for Xbox and a bunch of different crazy companies. And so um, I've been able to take so many principles from what he speaks on. He's really a brilliant guy. Um, I don't know if he knows Jesus or not, but uh, yeah, just, you know, principles of perseverance and determination, getting things done. And uh, yeah, I guess just being your best self is huge. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. We can learn from everyone. Exactly. And we should. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Joey. And thanks to you for sharing this with your team and with those around you. If you have any ideas or topics that you'd like to see discussed, please don't hesitate to email coach at abnwt.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon.